On the eve of his crucifixion, Jesus prays to his Father, I have given them your word, and the world hated them because they are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. I do not ask that you take them from the world, but you keep them from the evil one. Hey everyone, welcome back. I'm your host, Nate Gazau, and you're listening to Aliens on Earth. Please stick around. We've got a very special episode just for you. Hey, everyone. Welcome back. This is episode 15. Holy Talk, Carnal Walk. Let me ask you this. Have you ever had a moment when one of your super good, holy, sanctified, and always chipper friends challenged you in your faith or you know simply told you how it really is you posting all these verses on the gram and praise the lord this and praise god that but you're really just out here doing you let me tell you if you have that friend right now keep them around have you ever gone from a church conference or a revival meeting and you know you promised god like in the moment you've been touched by god and you've experienced the presence of god and you just you come out of there saying god it's gonna be different this time you were so on fire when you left you know you were evangelizing to every single person you saw and you evangelized to about 30 people you invited them all to church then like two to three months later you stopped showing up they're the ones calling you like hey man we missed you at church (laughs) and you know maybe you got sick of the highs and lows and you think let me stop making a fool of myself and really just chill out so you know now you believe in god in your heart and you're part of the god knows my heart gang i want to make a bold statement here i truly believe that a lot of times the reason our pursuit of god and life of discipleship can be so roller coasterish at times with all these extreme highs and extreme lows is really because we're pursuing god out of our carnal minds which is normal for the beginning you know when you first accept christ and you first give your life to christ you're still within your carnal mind but the issue is we get stuck there in that infancy phase of our christianity after receiving salvation we're given a new heart and our spirit man comes from death to life but our mind is still the same old mind with the same old memories same old habits and same old traumas our memory doesn't just get wiped clean when we surrender our lives to christ And honestly, we see examples of this displayed all over the New Testament. But even if we mainly just look at the disciples that Jesus chose, if you look at Peter, who was a fisherman, he made a life altering decision to follow Christ. He quite literally left everything else behind to follow him. But you can see his mind was still the same. That's why we see all these different sides of Peter that we do. He goes from the extreme faith to uh, when he's walking on water to cutting someone's ear off and then he goes to denying christ three times all in one day and you know peter was under this impression that there would be a messiah that comes a deliverer that would deliver the jews from roman tyranny similar to how moses delivered the israelites out of egypt and they're looking for this christ 
He grew up believing that it would be some sort of physical battle and, you know, all this would be done by the Christ that they were expecting. But Peter had to surrender himself to the love of Christ and to the power of the Holy Spirit in order to put off that carnal mind and to walk in the Spirit and really to truly understand Christ and the role that Peter played in the kingdom of God. But can you imagine though, like after six years or seven years, if Peter was still out here denying Christ three times a, you know, in a day and cutting someone's ear off and all this, and if he never grew into the Peter that we know in Acts. And honestly, guys, we all have a carnal mind that we were born with. It will never go away either but we must really submit our minds put our minds under the authority of scripture and surrender ourselves to the love of god and his holy spirit and that's something we do daily otherwise we'll just be pretty much grown babies physically mature but immature in our faith and honestly which is often the reason for our extreme highs and extreme lows god's word states clearly that the spirit and the flesh are constantly at war with one another. And when you think flesh, it isn't your heart, your lungs and kidneys, but rather your earthly mind, the way of life that does not know or acknowledge God. It's in that phrase transformed by the renewing of your mind that's found in Romans 12 too. Chapter 12 is the transition that that message takes from the Apostle Paul's teaching to his practical teaching, from his theological teaching to his practical teaching. And in Romans 12 through 16, chapters 12 through 16 is the part that teaches the practical part. It's the part that chapter 12 begins with that great therefore. And it says, seeing all that God did on our behalf, therefore, live like this and the first part of false teaching that starts in chapter 12 starts off with be renewed in your mind let's let's read it it says i appeal to you therefore brothers by the mercies of god to present your bodies as a living sacrifice holy and acceptable to god which is your spiritual worship do not be conformed to this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. And this is Romans chapter 12, 1 and 2. So the phrase, the mercies of God, refers to everything that happens in Romans from chapter 1 through 11. And the point that Paul presents is, that we've been recipients of God's great mercy. So we're in response to that mercy, we are living sacrifices to God. And how are we living sacrifices? We're living sacrifices by not conforming to this world, but instead being transformed by the renewing of our minds. A living sacrifice to God is really one that just doesn't conform, but it is transformed. So we're not being conformed to this world. And when Paul says this world, he's referring to the spirit of the age, or in other words, the popular worldview that rejects God and his revelation. And as unbelievers, 
we're naturally conformed to the world. But as believers, we're no longer conformed to the world because we no longer belong to the spirit of this age. So we've been transferred from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of God's son. Therefore, rather than continuing to conform to this world, we're transformed by the renewing of our minds. And it's interesting to note, like Paul says that we must be transformed by the renewing of our minds. That means the mind is the key to the Christian life. And the reason that non-believers or non-Christians don't respond to Christian truth is because they can't discern that spiritual truth. The gospel is a call for the unbeliever to repent from their sins and embrace Christ by faith. And if we look at the word repentance, that in the Greek, it's a change of mind, a change in our thinking. So our minds must be transformed. That's what repentance is from the old ungodly ways of thinking to new godly ways of thinking. So what we know in our minds to be true, that forms our conviction in our hearts of that truth. And that conviction in our hearts translates into action. So we must first renew our minds in order to have a change in our actions, a change in our lifestyles. And the only way to replace the error of the world's way or the wrong things of the world, the thinking is to replace it with God's truth. The only truth is the revealed word of God. It's the Bible. And transformation through renewed minds comes as a believer really exposes themselves, as we expose ourselves to the word of God, as we spend time in the word of God, whether that be at church with other believers in Bible study groups, you know, in our personal studying. And honestly, it's so important to be plugged into a church that believes in the preaching of the word of God. That's not just focused on the hyping of things or the encouragement of people, but truly breaking down God's word and applying God's word, singing God's word. All of these things are honestly invaluable in helping us to renew our minds. If, we, if we're really honest, there's no shortcuts to this. There's no magic or formula that will renew our minds at an instant. We have to fill our minds with God's word. And Jesus prays this prayer in John 17 that says, sanctify them in truth, in the truth. Your word is truth. You know, a lot of times what happens is we shy away from diving deeper into God's word and really allowing his word to consume us because God's word may rub us the wrong way and it may conflict with the way we've always known to live and we've known life to be. I'll close with these three thoughts. I really believe there's three major indications of a carnal-minded Christian. The first indication is the inability to understand the truth of God and a lack of desire for a deeper knowledge of the truth. In other words, settling for surface level punchlines and feel good messages and hype like miracles and wonders it's all cool but when things get deeper we're like nah that's kind of strange and well let me let me show you a prime example of this in john chapter 6 starting from uh, verse 51 jesus says i am the living bread that comes down from heaven if anyone eats from this bread he will live forever and the bread which I will give for the life of the world is also my flesh. In verse 52, this is funny. The 
Jews began to argue with one another, saying, how can this man give us his flesh to eat? This doesn't make sense, right? And verse 53 says, so Jesus said to them, truly, truly, I say to you, unless you eat the flesh of the son of man and drink his blood, you have no life in yourselves. The one who eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him up on the last day. For my flesh is true food, and my blood is true drink. Now, guys, think about this in the carnal mind. Just think, this is crazy. But listen, keep this is it gets interesting. Verse 56 says, The one who eats my flesh and drinks my blood remains in me and I in him, just as the living Father sent me, and I believe because of the Father. The one who eats me, he also will live because of me. This is the bread that came down from heaven, not as the fathers ate and died, the one who eats this bread will live forever. Now, listen to this, verse 59. These things he said in the synagogue as he taught in Capernaum. So then many of his disciples, when they heard this, they said, this statement is very unpleasant. Who can listen to it? But Jesus, aware that his disciples were complaining about this, said to them, is this offensive to you? What then if you see the Son of Man ascending to where he was before. It is the Spirit who gives life. The flesh provides no benefit. The words that I have spoken to you are spirit and are life. But there are some of you who do not believe. For Jesus knew from the beginning who they were who did not believe and who it was who would betray him. And he was saying, for this reason, I have told you that no one can come to me unless he has been granted him from the father. Listen to this. This is interesting. It says, as a result of this, many of his disciples left and would no longer walk with him. This is interesting. So Jesus says to the 12, you don't want to leave also, do you? But in verse 68, Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life, and we have already believed, and we have come to know that you are the Holy One of God. And Jesus answered them, Did I myself not choose you the twelve? And yet one of you is a devil. Now he meant Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot. He was one of the twelve, and that he was going to betray him. Okay, whoa. Let's let's kind of look into this for a second. We see right here clearly that even people who called themselves disciples left Jesus because they didn't like what they heard. These people are here for the great punchlines. They're here for the miracles. They're here for, you know, when Jesus is healing and, and he's giving out all these free meals. They're here for all that. They were all in. But the minute things got a bit deep, the minute things got a bit uncomfortable, the message didn't sound so good eat my flesh and drink my blood. That does not sound good to the carnal mind. But the issue is they didn't even wait to hear what he had meant by all that. They didn't even ask if there was a deeper truth to what he was saying. Instead, they decided, mm, this is getting a bit weird. So let's just, it's better, it's better we get out of here. It's better we just stop here. This guy is a bit crazy and it clashed with their worldview, clashed with what they knew to be true. Jesus asked his 12, so um, what about you guys? You going to leave too? And that's when Peter acknowledges Jesus as the Messiah. And he states that, nah, man, I'm all in. I'm all in. And this is crucial because he, he tells him, you are 
the chosen one. And it's crucial for his transformation that we see later on. And let me move to the second indication. So the second indicator of a carnal-minded Christian is the perception of God's grace as a license to live however we please, rather than a freedom from sin and its consequences. It's a freedom to live in sin. And that's part of the, car- the carnal living, the carnal mind. The Christian's spiritual journey doesn't begin and end at a one-time prayer of confession. And, you know, we truly see our need for God, His grace and Christ's sacrifice for us. So we will want to obey Him because we will overflow with this love and this gratitude that God of all creation, the God of, of the universe cares enough to save us from ourselves. And if we love Him, we trust Him when He calls us to higher things. This pursuit toward Christ and refining of our faith is what we call sanctification. And sanctification is that process towards Christ-likeness. And a Christian can't pursue both Christ-likeness and sin at the same time. The third indicator is of a carnal-minded believer is their love and devotion to God is truly at its core self-seeking it's about me i love him so that he can do this for me he can love me he can help me he can save me 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 right the perfect example of this in scripture is the rich young ruler that man was literally the perfect member of society he was in the jewish um, culture the perfect jew right He sought the counsel of God. He comes to Jesus asking, good teacher, what am I missing to inherit the kingdom of heaven? I want to make it to heaven. What must I do to inherit the kingdom of heaven? I'm doing every other thing right. And when Jesus questions him further, he's obeying all the commandments, all the laws. He's doing all the right things. But Jesus challenges him and says, give up your wealth and get out of this self-seeking lifestyle. Get out of this carnal mindset. Come follow me. It's not about you. And he's unable. he was unable to do it because he had built so much. His mind was set. He wasn't able to comprehend a life that went against the grain, that defied the norms of the earthly way of thinking. It's like someone telling you, give up the business you worked so hard to establish. Sell your dream house. Come follow me. By the way, your treasure is in heaven. It's like, huh? But I'm already doing all the right things. I'm a good person. I obey the commandment. Now tell me, how can I make it to heaven? And Jesus was trying to show this man he's missing the point. Salvation is not centered around him. In fact, it's self-sacrifice. What's the point of heaven without Christ, right? How many of us have prayers that are all about us, us, us? And God, do this for me. I'm seeking the Lord for this and that. And, oh, I'm upset he didn't answer my prayer. Let's begin to adapt the mindset that we're here to serve, honor, and glorify God. He's the reason for our existence, not the other way around. Let's look within. Let's be honest with ourselves. Do we truly care to dive deeper into God's word, like for real? Or are we okay with the verse of the day and you know, a fire worship song in the background as we cook dinner. And we're okay with that being the standard. God really, truly desires real fellowship with us. He wants us 
He wants us. He wants to use us to be change agents in a lost and dying world. That takes sacrifice. It really takes all of us, our whole being. It takes work. It takes renewing the mind. It means every day filling our minds with God's word, truly studying and meditating, having godly fellowship with believers. It also means keeping things out of our minds that revert us back into a way of thinking that rejects Christ. Guard your mind from seeing, hearing, and experiencing things that oppose God. Let's really step out of the shallow waters of the basics and let's dive deeper into the knowledge of God. Let's love God by truly daily renewing our minds. If you've enjoyed this episode or any of the other episodes, please download them, share them with your friends, comment, tell us what you think, and most of all, tune in next week as we have a brand new episode just for you. This is Aliens on Earth. And until next time, I'm your host, Nate Gazal.